Welcome. You've made it tough shit. Podcast puts first world problems into perspective. We are your hosts. I am Corey. I'm Chris. And, and I'm happy to be here. We're very excited to be here. It's, it's been a while. So long. I feel so much more comfortable now. Like yeah. you hit record and it's just like slipping into a warm bath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be a warm, sweaty bath in about an hour. I'm already so. feeling pretty gross. Yeah, me too. And I got a shower before this. So, so did I. Yeah. I'm that. wearing wool socks. Yeah, mine have a hole in them. <laughs> so, yes. Anyway, you've made it tough shit. Um, we, if you'd like to see more of us, we have an Instagram at TS Podcast Official. And if you're listening on Spotify or Pandora or Apple, uh, you can leave ratings on Spotify and Apple. So you should leave one for us, however you want. Five stars. Five. Actually, I think we're still up to five stars. We got like, our last time I checked, like a dozen reviews. Yeah, on Spotify. Um, it's going pretty good. So thank you, everyone, who gave us very kind reviews. I appreciate And if they that. drop, it might be because Mandy said something about, or I'm sat next to this guy. So I've been gone for a week. Or I was That's why we're behind, behind, yes. But on one of the plane rides, <laughs> this poor man, I was sitting next to this super nice guy, and Mandy said something. She's, he says, oh, what do you do for work? And I was mm-hmm. telling him, my job yeah like, oh he does a podcast she didn't sound like that <laughs> but then i heard several people listening like oh fuck me and it's a three and a half hour flight and i just crossed my fingers like and they look like a nice family uh-huh. like, i hope to fucking god that he doesn't just put his fucking headphones on and listen to me maybe he put it on and is like me. i got to meet this guy i'm terrified He's really great if, you're terrified that people listen no if i was near to them i don't want i want him to listen to it i just don't want them to see me you don't want to be on tv you don't want to be a you don't want to be a celebrity is what you're saying i want to be an anonymous i want to have a celebrity's income and notoriety but i don't that's usually i want to be anonymous (laughs) that's usually not how it works no no i mean you could like you could win the lotto or something and claim it you know anonymously that's not gonna happen i know we've discussed that but that, like the way you want, like you usually have to get notoriety to get the the fame and the money and the blah blah blah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, Christopher was gone for a week, which is why we're a couple weeks behind, but we're back on track now, and we're gonna be doing a full episode for you guys. Can I do a real quick shout out? You can shout out whoever you want. So yeah, I was gone for a week. I was in Arizona. Uh, two of our friends and listeners, uh, Alex and Bree, got married, and we were at their wedding. So I just want to say. Congratulations. Congratulations. It was a fucking beautiful wedding. Really enjoyed it. <clears throat> and it looked were, nice online. That was awesome. Beautiful wedding. Really. And I'm not always nuts about weddings, yeah. as I've probably said several mm-hmm. times, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, so congratulations to you guys. And also, and thank them for, they took us to Flagstaff for a few days, and then we went to the Grand Canyon. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. It's amazing. Yes. It's absolutely incredible. I don't even, I shouldn't even be talking about it, because I can't talk about it, because it just like... <laughs> It's hard told, to describe. You have to see it for yourself. I told, I told you this the other day. I said, like, look, I brought a piece of it with me. You know you're not supposed to take parts from the park. Oh, whoops. All right. Well, <laughs> it's in my pocket. I've been using it as, like, a little totem. But I told you, like, <clears throat> since I got back, and I, this probably won't last, mm-hmm. but I feel differently than before I left. Kind of makes you feel a little small, don't oh, it? Oh, my God. It yeah. humbling. I feel calmer. And, like... This has happened before where something not profound, but well, that was pretty profound. Yeah. But something has made me realize that I'm not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. And like I feel pretty good about it for a while. And then after a couple months, it kind of like levels off and I'm back to being a little <laughs> cynical. <laughs> yeah, I could, yeah. But right now, man, I'm feeling really Chilled good. right out. Good. Yes, That's I feel good. feel fucking great. 
I, I can tell you've been a little more uh, laid back. A yeah. little bit. Not yeah. as not as high school. A little smaller. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So all right, to get into it. Uh in January, being keeping with the theme of January and resolutions. I know last January we did finance. Did we call last January's episodes fin- resolutions? No, it was finance. Oh, that's a shame. Really- I, I know you don't read any of the <laughs> any of the line notes or listen to the show. But it was finance in terms of resolutions. It's well, similar, like as a producer, it looks like you. I mean, it seems like you kind of dropped the ball because if you had called it resolutions finance, this could have been resolutions part two. We've already done it. This is fitness. Oh, okay. It's a theme. <laughs> it's a January theme of yes. Each January, we're going to try and do some mm-hmm. sort of resolutions based thing. Maybe January. Well, yeah. at least so far it's been going January. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to get the titles too convoluted over time. They're like, I believe we're on episode 403, which is Christmas part three, on to forward slash uh, Chris running off on a tangent. I have run I have run some titles by you that you have actually shot down several of them, and I don't mm-hmm. blame you because, yes, I uh, probably if we could keep it as simple as we can. It, yeah, just like one word is usually pretty good. So fitness, that's it. Uh, fitness being the condition of being physically fit and healthy per Webster's. I believe that's where that's from. But fitness, uh, you know, shouldn't be a first world problem, but it is because the first world has put us in bad shape because when life isn't hard, you get soft. Oh, that's very good. Right? I like that. So mm. when you have to inflict the hardship upon yourself, you know, properly dieting and exercising, uh, you know, no one wants to do that because it's uncomfortable. So it's very rewarding, though. But it is exactly. I agree. Um, so yeah, that's the, the the whole thing with the fitness. Uh, some of the complaints, uh, of course, failed New Year's resolutions involving diet and exercise, uh, giving up too easy on fitness routines, complaining about health and weight, but not doing anything about it. You know, the whole. Geez, I only had three beers and a 1,200-calorie uh, meal for dinner last night. I have no clue why I can't shed the pounds <laughs> or get a good night's sleep. <laughs> like, Fucking 1,200 calories. I went to a P.F. Chang's, and they list the calories on it when we were at the airport in insane. Detroit. It was 1,300 calories. Uh-huh. That and just a quick aside, if you're fucking flying and you're going to be in the airport for six hours and you're wearing a mask, don't go to P.F. Chang's and get <laughs> fucking pad thai chicken and a glass of whiskey. And, and then that. put your buck. Holy <laughs> shit. I've never fucking hated myself oh, so much. God. And I was technically still on vacation, so yeah, it was one in the afternoon, but everybody was getting a drink, so I got an old-fashioned, and I ate all this fucking chicken and noodles. <laughs> oh, God, I stink. Did you uh, burn the mask when you got home? No, I washed it. Oh, okay, good. Uh, that's 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corey, did you lose your train of thought? No, no, I, I got my notes here I'm looking at. Okay, personal story. Uh, For me, this past year has probably been the most fit I've been in my adult life. Uh, Yeah, you look good. Thank you. Uh, Let's see. I I chose to get healthy. uh, And, you know, COVID or not, uh, unhealthy people get wiped out from flu and other basic illnesses all the time. So you have a better chance of dealing with any illness or anything if you're in better shape. Yeah. So I chose to do that because you didn't have many options last year. So, or the year before, whatever. 
So I, I will say I was 201 pounds going into 2021. And this year I started, I was 186. And this Friday I was 182. Very nice. Yeah. And it's, it's not, pounds. yeah. And it's not wow. just, uh, I've, I've gained a bunch of muscle too. I've been doing a lot of like. You do it good. Thank you. You did a nice job. I'm trying. I'm getting there. Feeling good. Do you have any personal fitness stories or fitness goals? And I will say real quick, I've like always struggled with fitness properly. I would get, I'd yo-yo quite a bit. but Yeah, um, but you don't burn a this, whole lot of yeah. calories from yo-yoing. No, no. So this year, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was Come a, on. I was a fucking yo-yo champ. I went to the Jersey Fuck, finals. man, I wish I still had a yo-yo. Uh-huh. I had a yo-yo when I was a kid. I could do around the world. I could do walk the dog, and then mm-hmm. there was something else, but it was just three of them. I had a whole book on it on how to yep. do it. Like, I bought a book that came with a yo-yo, and I kind of miss yo-yoing. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I need that. something in my hands. Yeah. Uh-huh. I might actually go get a yo-yo today. Oh, well, there you go. Do you have a personal story outside of fitness yo-yoing? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Personal accomplishment. You've lost 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Since 2017, I've gained close to 30. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done you you have done a marathon. You've done several half marathons yes. and marathons. Uh, full disclosure, right now, this is probably the cl- my story today is probably the closest to the topic that I think I've ever done, and it it is running because it's all when it comes to fitness, it's really all I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ran for quite a while. I love it. I don't really do as much anymore because mm-hmm. I fucked my knee up and fell on my back. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that was what the trail race. Yeah, that yeah, marathon me, and then yeah. So, but it it was uh it was one of my favorite things I've ever done. I really enjoyed it a lot. I did track when I was a kid, and I fucking hated it because I was supposed to do it. I did and crack it, when I was. <laughs> I did crack when I was a kid. I fucking hated it, but my parents in... made me do crack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I lost all sorts yeah, of weight, like limitless they caught, energy. They one time they caught me drinking beer. They're just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" They handed me a crack pipe, and I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> No, I did Your track. teeth look great for... <laughs> They're yellow, but I think it's from the coffee. <laughs> no, I did track. I hated it because they wear those little shorts. Mm-hmm. And I just <laughs> fucking <laughs> tiny little teenage your, dick's going to fall. Afraid your hog's going to slip yeah, out of that sucker. Sorry, ladies. Yeah. Yeah, 15-year-old you. Oh, I'm sorry. The, my four-incher is just, just screaming like, to get oh, out. I fucking hated those shorts. <laughs> but then, then later on in life, I got into running, and I fucking love it. Yeah, I did marathon. I fucking ran all the time. I really enjoyed it. It, it clears your, your head. Mm-hmm. So I just have positive. I guess the only horror stories I had was like, well, injuries, yeah. obviously. Uh, like fucking falling and fucking up your back in the middle of the woods wasn't cool yeah, by but yourself yeah right? that was kind of scary <clears throat> but uh i'd say even worse than that was almost shitting myself several times oh, yeah because you had those like crazy Fun guys like things yeah like... so I, I belong to a running group they were <laughs> remember awesome. that one story yeah and like one guy he they did those goo packets for and i figured out eventually like what i had to eat while i was running but you don't try mm-hmm. something just the first time and just like away from a bath. Mm-hmm. I was like two and a half miles away from anything, but on a public trail. Yep. And this goo hit me. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Out of your I body. I my dick off. I squaddle waddled for two and a half miles. Because I remember we went, I went by one of our friends, uh-huh. her husband at the time, like we're, by, they see me coming. And I'm usually a pretty friendly guy. Uh-huh. I just sweated <laughs> at him. Like, hey, Chris, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> it took. 40 minutes for me to go two and a half miles to get to this uh, college restroom and just have my way with the toilet. <laughs> no, my only, my only horror stories come from running and like eating something I shouldn't have and then like mm-hmm. 
having to shit somewhere weird. Yeah. Or losing toenails. Lost a shit ton of toenails. <laughs> What's that have to do with your fitness? Oh, from running? From running. Fuck oh, yeah. Okay. Lost toenails Like you would time. take your shoe off and just dump them out like sand? Yeah, like a bag of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gross. Uh, all right. So a uh, quick statistic before we get into stories. Uh, according to the CDC in 2017 and 2018, the percent of overweight and obese people in the U.S. was at 73.6%. Wait, 73.6% of the country's overweight or obese. I mean, yes. it's not shocking to me now that you say it, but that's pretty sad. <laughs> they use the uh, BMI schedule, which kind of is not uh, – it's close. Body mass index. Yes. But, like, according to that, people like George Clooney is obese. Like, the weight, you know, the weight and height <laughs> – Sort of thing. I, can't, I don't know what the fuck to say about George Clooney. But regardless, it's uh, I, I can definitely see that. And I guarantee the number has gone up since COVID with the inactivity and oh, yeah. ordering from, from home and all that shit. So, I'll tell but, you one thing. I've been feeling pretty inspired lately. I've been getting back into working out a little bit more. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Me too. Uh, f- at least four days a week. And you know what I do? I put in a little X on the calendar every day I work out. Oh, wait. <laughs> well, you could look at the calendar and be like, well, I haven't worked out in a couple of days. That's I true. That should yeah. do something. You need a routine. Mm-hmm. And that's what people say. Like, you can't stick with it. You need a routine. Absolutely. Friday, I watched Dexter. Saturday, I spent most of the day on the computer. Played six hours of Destiny. Getting those gains, huh? Today, <laughs> I sat in front of the computer. And then I read some of that From Hell book. So, man, yeah. Hey, you're exercising your brain, which is something that people need to do, too. Mm-hmm. That, that comes in with fitness. It does? Yes, it does. No, absolutely. 100%. All right. Is there anything else we're supposed to say up top? No, I would do our social media stuff. Yeah, yeah. At TS Podcast Official Instagram and follow us on Spotify and everything else. Thank you. Oh, hey. Speaking of fitness, I don't really give a fuck most of the time about football. Bills won last night. It was like 47 to something. Oh, the Patriots, right? Yes, it was a very big deal. Yeah, yeah. And I know it was a big deal. Because I could hear Mandy screaming like a fucking banshee uh-huh. from two rooms over with my headphones on. I'm like, I'm trying to play fucking Destiny. And she's just watching <laughs> the fucking Bills game. But yeah, congratulations to Bills. Woo. Yeah, go Bills. Woo. Hey, didn't you meet another podcaster when you were in? Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, while I missed the opportunity in the front to say something, I just wrote a note. It says oh. right here. It says, call out to VJ. Yeah, in Arizona, mm-hmm. I met uh, VJ. He's a host for uh, Cheer Up, Babe. He yeah. has a podcast, and it's all about positivity. Yeah, and I'm super fucking, that. super fucking cool guy. Uh, and it's like, if if you've been following Corey and I on Instagram, and you say, you know what, I like these guys. They're all right. Mm-hmm. I just wish they looked better. <laughs> Go check out. Listen this to guy. VJ. <laughs> He's a good looking man. There's a reason that 90 percent of his listenership is women. <laughs> women actually top ours. It's like oh, really? 47 over, it's, uh, well, well, what's the other 53%? <laughs> well, 40 is like, dude, though, well, of course there's not specified. Oh, okay. Yeah. Duh. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So look at me being insensitive. Yeah. Look at you, you piece of crap. I'm trying not to be a piece of crap. You, I'm being really fucking good. I'm, I'm making an effort. All right. <clears throat> Who goes first Speaking today? of pieces of crap, let's get into my story. Don't put yourself down. No, no, we're going to talk about pieces of crap. If you put yourself down, I'm going to pick you back up. I'm going to put you back in that chair. Okay, thanks. That that would be kind of funny. I just fall out like, all right, put me in here. It's a rolling chair. You're chasing it around. (laughs) 
trying to put me in this fucking rolling chair. It wouldn't roll anywhere. It's carpet in here. It kind of rolls. Anyway. <clears throat> All right. That's it. You've had enough of that spare tire loafing around your midsection. So you're going all in this year. New year, new you after all, right? You spend the $2,500 for a fancy Peloton treadmill to drive home the fact that this year is different. Well, after the first two weeks of running like a hamster every day and eating nothing but salads, you're starting to feel miserable. You're constantly hungry, irritable, and pissed off that your love handles are still there. So you say... Fuck this, I'm ordering a pizza and taking the night off. Before you know it, your cheat day has turned into a cheat month, and that treadmill is now a clothes hanger. But don't beat yourself up too bad, because despite how you might feel about your 21st century fitness failure, your options involving fitness could be way worse. Today's story... Fuck take, Peloton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll get into it later if you uh, want me to, no, but right I, now I'm just putting my two cents in. Okay, yeah, they're kind of the like pretentious you workout. You can get something else for half the price. It's just advertising. Yeah, yeah I'll I'll talk about that later. Okay, <clears throat> all right. Today's story takes us to South Central Michigan, more specifically the town of Battle Creek, Michigan, in the late 1800s, where a young man by the name of John Kellogg was looking to take the world of health by storm. Now, outside of the obvious fact that he did create cornflakes and other cereals. That's not really the story we're learning about today. John was a devout Seventh-day Adventist church member, which for those who don't know... Oh, yes. I've heard a little bit. ...is a sect of Christianity that practices on Saturdays, promotes healthy living through swearing off vices like unhealthy foods, tobacco, caffeine, alcohol, and sugar, and they also lean pretty heavy into the whole world is ending soon type stuff. I think, wasn't Rockterio a Seventh-day Adventist? Some cult leader was. There was this was that weird time where there was like ten thousand different groups of Christianity spinning off everywhere. Oh yeah, fucking yeah. like mid eighteen hundreds. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but John was also a devout member of something else. Something he created and referred to as biologic living. You see, health and fitness isn't that just living? <laughs> that's what he that's what he coined it. Okay. All right, sorry. You see, health and fitness in the late 1800s wasn't something of a Wild West phase. Physicians were actually starting to embrace scientific concepts, but some of the odd quackery associated with wellness was still around, and John Kellogg was right in the heart of that odd mix. By his mid-20s, John had attended three different medical schools and was starting to become something of a health guru of sorts by promoting his concept of biologic living. Biologic living was a pretty basic set of ideals pertaining to one's well-being. It promoted healthy living through eugenics, <laughs> which... All okay. Right, all right, listen. Hold the fucking whatever <laughs> phone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin off here. You because... better steer clear there, mister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to spin off because I added this last minute. So <laughs> I didn't realize. I'd heard of it. You know, I knew what it, what it was, but... At that time in history, the late 1800s to the mid-1900s, eugenics was pretty popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was very popular. And he wasn't necessarily one of the hardline eugenics guys who was like, sterilize every everyone and, you know, separate everything. His was more health-based and saying the degeneration of races is because everyone's in poor health. So he kind of fell into that camp. 
I'm not defending eugenics at all. Are you saying that Mr. Kellogg was a Nazi? No, actually, he did not care for how the Fuhrer treated the Jews during the 30s. Well, that was big of him. I, I, yeah, right? <laughs> Though there's a whole chapter in this book on okay. his eugenics stuff. But I wanted to touch on that real quick. But it was part of his, his program. So through eugenics, um, <clears throat> exercise, proper posture, a meat-free diet, sanitary practices, and swearing off things like stimulants, tobacco, booze, sugar, and masturbation. But one of his... <laughs> Okay, that was the se- fucking exercise. The secret vice is what uh, he called okay. it. Okay. But one of his main focuses was having a very clean colon. John, he did. John claimed people should be taking a clean, soft, odorless dump at least four times a day. He felt that way after witnessing the shit schedules of the gorillas he saw in various zoos. You'd be right at home with this. Yeah, but odorless? <laughs> Apparently. How? Through the diet, through his various diets and super clean, odorless dumps. All right. There's even accounts of him bringing out his dumps after a dinner to show his guests, like, smell it. So, but he was all about it. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Right, You're fucking blowing my mind here. Uh Uh-huh. After graduating from his third and final medical school in New York, John returned to Battle Creek and became the head medical director of the Western Health Reform Institute. The institute was run by the Seventh-day Adventists, and they were sure to mix in some of that spicy spiritual healing with the practical science of medical treatment. But after running the show for a while, John, who genuinely did care for people's health and fitness, had other ideas for the Modest Health Institute. Within a few years, John had completely taken ownership of the facility, and the Western Health Reform Institute was rebranded as the Battle Creek Sanitarium. And no, it's not just some loony bin. At the time, the word sanitarium had a clean and professional allure to it, unlike it does today. You know how it's... Well, yeah, he wasn't chaining kids to the walls and making them smell his dumps. (laughs) Right? So, it's at this point that things really start to take off for John in his pursuit of biologic living and his quest of promoting clean colons and blue balls the world over. <laughs> John began to crank things up a few notches. It went from a simple one-building healthcare facility to a sprawling complex of all things health and fitness. It was a combination hospital, fitness club, health food factory, restaurant, hotel, and spa, all rolled into one to help cure the people of whatever may ail them. It became the place to be for the who's who of the time. It had a bit of charisma to it, and that's how it earned its nickname, The San. And the entire place burnt to the ground in 1902. Uh, Okay. (laughs) You know, this is sounding familiar. You've probably heard parts of this story. I'm still a little little confused by a man who's completely all right with taking a dump onto a plate (laughs) and showing it to his dinner guest, but he doesn't want anybody fucking jacking off in the bathroom. Yeah, he was also into eugenics. Yeah, okay. All so right. uh, it was a fucking weird time. <laughs> they, like, it's that time in history, everyone's just starting to figure it out. It was like the U.S. and the world was going through puberty, you know? <laughs> okay, I'll give it to him. All sure. right. But at the turn, <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that poop. You shouldn't have even said anything. <laughs> You were so blown away by I his am. odorless, <laughs> odorless dumps. Yeah. Oh, it gets better. We'll get more into the uh, the dumping. 
<laughs> so, but at the turn of the 20th century, America wasn't a bureaucracy of, full of regulation and fat people. So, by 1903, a larger and even better Battle Creek Sanitarium was constructed. Utilizing steel, concrete, slate, and marble, this one was very fireproof. It was the most amazing health complex of its day. Dwarfing the previous sanitarium, it was pretty much a small college campus. It's huge. It would, it would be like the local college here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now that the stage is set and you've stepped into the world-famous sand, let's get you on the straight and narrow and help crush those fitness goals you may have, early 1900s style. You, <laughs> you enter the beautifully cra uh, crafted lobby where you're greeted by, a fr greeted by friendly staff. You check in paying your $15 a week fee. That's roughly $450 today. This would be like 1905-ish. Wait, how? $15 a week. Holy fuck. Yeah, okay. 450 bucks. But I'll go over the, the what you get. And then are guided to your modern room to unpack and relax before you are summoned towards the main dining area for your first meal of fruits, nuts, vegetables, grains, unflavored yogurt, and various high-fiber, high-gluten concoctions that Mr. Kellogg crafted himself. Got to keep those bowels regular now. <laughs> this is where, I'm going to touch on this real quick. This is where the world-famous Kellogg Cereal Company got its start. Okay. Um, although the crap they served at the sand was usually bland, hard, and dull, it was John's brother and early employee, Will Kellogg, who essentially took Kellogg's cereal to where it is today. The whole saga, and yes, I mean saga, of the Kellogg Cereal Company is one for another day. But I just wanted to touch on it because it is an amazing story. Like, the whole book I read. I swear that there's some sort of food documentary series or something that Mandy had on a while ago, and it gets into those brothers and what happened and how. Trunk history, they did one on. Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's not, this is the health side of things okay. for John. Now back to the sand. After your big meal, guests were free to explore the grounds and get better acquainted with staff and other guests before retiring to their rooms for a good night's rest. At 6 a.m. the next morning, you'd be woken up by an orderly and taken downstairs to the bath department for a morning cleansing of sprays, swimming, and surf baths, followed by a light massage and getting air dried under a fan to promote blood flow. Imagine doing that after a bath or a shower. Like, get in front of a fan instead of drying off. I use a blow dryer. <laughs> do you yeah why i hate putting underwear on anything on when I, there's any dampness on me so i use a blow dryer just put it on cool mode and I just blow dry everything <laughs> so you, oh look at that he was already yeah i'm fucking then. on board all fucking right poops don't stink everybody's <laughs> walking around with boners yeah <laughs> blow dry me after i take a bath oh yeah this place still standing yeah to an extent okay. sort of um now, back up to the dining hall for your morning breakfast of bland, dull-grain-based uh, dull grain foods, but not before stopping off at the chapel for morning prayer. Upon finishing breakfast, a well-kept nurse would guide you towards the medical wing for a full, quote-unquote, physical inventory, where an on-staff doctor, or if you were wealthy enough, you could hire Dr. Kellogg himself, would go over every single issue and ailment you may have and would prescribe you the best treatment for the remainder of your time at the sand. Most of the quote-unquote treatments prescribed were based around health and fitness. Very rarely were actual drugs prescribed, which isn't necessarily a bad concept, but like most treatments of this era, they were completely misguided. 
<laughs> yeah, they had a little learning to do. Hey, they did. They did. Um, <clears throat> now, let's say you're a few pounds overweight and had some constipation issues, which apparently at the turn of the century, everyone was fucking constipated from drinking booze and eating meat. Like, that's a huge thing. I believe it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's weird, because if I drink too much, I can't stop shitting. <laughs> you can't stop shitting if when you wake up. I've been doing... I've, I won't get into it. Okay, no, all right. All right. All right, so you're overweight, and you have some constipation issues. Your prescription might be as follows. First up, a trip to the enema room. Yes, there was an entire room full of butthole-filling machines that could pump 15 quarts of fluid a minute right up your keister to clean you out. And if warm water didn't do the trick... A heaping pile of yogurt could get jammed up there. No shit. Yep. Huh. What about smoke <clears throat> enemas? No, just, just liquid. Okay. All right. Once your colon was thoroughly cleansed, uh, you would be sent to the uh, physical fitness wing for some basic calisthenics or a ride on some of the wacky fitness contraptions from the turn of the century. The sand boasted the largest collection of quote-unquote exercise equipment in the entire country. There were semi-dangerous items like steam-driven wooden treadmills and open pulley stationary bikes, <laughs> but it was some of the weirder devices they had that could really help you get those gains. Perhaps a ride on a belt-driven mechanical horse or a spin on a gymo frame, which is essentially a Russian swing that you were strapped into. Like, stood upright and sweat, like, put in. You know, like a circus swing, the fixed ones? I'm trying to think of it. Oh, so just not on chains, but on yeah, bars? Yeah, stiff, yeah. Okay, and you right. had to utilize it sideways. Okay. <clears throat> um, after that, let's get you fitted into a fat shaker, where a large canvas oh, belt yeah. is placed around your belly or hips and cranked up to shake those pounds away. Did that work? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe shaking isn't what the doctor ordered, so how about lying out onto a fat roller, where large coils would literally roll over you like a massive rolling pin on dough? That's fun. Let the machines do the work was John Kell was John Kellogg's motto. Sometimes a more shocking exercise experience might include shock treatment of your muscles. Got to ride that lightning, baby. Which shock therapy <clears throat> like I have a stim device for Yeah, the uh tens machine. Yeah, but these were like people sticking their arms in electrified baths to shake the whole fucking arm. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's it. Yeah, eye injuries, electric shock to the eyeballs. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> yeah, I used to do the stimulation thing or whatever, physical mm -hmm. therapy for my legs, and it yeah. was uh, it's quite pleasant. They, they, it does help. It helps a little bit. All right, so <clears throat> now that you're good and sweaty, a trip back to the aquatics wing for some proper bathing and blood flow. Uh, here you might get blasted with cold water, hot steam, or even asked to take a six-hour continuous bath to clean you up. Wouldn't be the first time somebody into eugenics... <laughs> Opened up a fire hose on a group of people. Wow. <laughs> I went there. I'm huh? sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. But I'm good. Your doctor has prescribed a long afternoon in the sauna suit. You place a large, unbreathable bag around your body and get to soak in steam for hours. <clears throat> that sounds pleasant. <clears throat> it was I like a little long. So, like, they had ones you could walk around in, like a big balloon suit almost. Like a bubble boy. Yeah. Um, now that those pounds have been steamed and shaken off, it's time to replenish your energy and head back to the Grand Hall for a light lunch of the typical bland fare, then followed up with an afternoon enema. That is, unless you've taken your second dump of the day by this point. 
Now freshly cleaned out and refueled, it's time to take this party outside for some fresh air. Outdoor activity was a huge part of the sand's allure. There was acres of biking and hiking trails, and large groups of patients were led in breathing and stretching exercises similar to that of yoga. Uh, refreshed with Mother Nature, it's back inside for your pre-dinner enema, and then off to the dining hall for a bowl of celery soup and hard-baked grain bread that chips your dentures. Ugh. That's I was on file. It happened, apparently. I don't know <clears throat> if I'd do an enema. I remember reading that How to Shit in the Woods, and there was a guy that would do an enema on himself in a hotel room before he went hiking. So he, he didn't too, have to dump so in the wild. So he was too scared to poop outside. Yep. Well, you don't like pooping in public, so maybe you'd... I don't. You would have fit right. You'd have loved this place. <laughs> now, you didn't pay all this money just to get fed bland food and be forced to exercise. There had to better be some entertainment, which, <clears throat> which there sure was. Large bands would blast some high-energy tunes of the day to get everyone moving. Oh, like the, big bands? Oh, yeah. For the after-dinner dance. But no dancing with the opposite sex now. We can't have you thinking about getting lucky at the sand. Sex and masturbation in the eyes of John Kellogg was basically the devil's work. Okay. And was only useful for procreation. Men had to dance with men and women with women. Win-win if you're gay, I guess. <laughs> so, this is a Christian sect. Mm-hmm. Then, like, and they're all right with men and men and women and women dance together. Mm-hmm. He's all right with just taking fucking public dumps. <laughs> but nobody... <laughs> Like, they had a bunch of bathrooms and stuff. It wasn't yeah, just but he's like, bringing it out for dinner. He was proud of it, okay? <laughs> he didn't bring it out for dinner. I've never been proud of the <clears throat> dump. I, I, I'm ashamed of anything that comes out oh of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, all right, but now the dance is done. It's off to bed so you can rest up for another day of fitness. The next morning, you meet with your assigned doctor to discuss how your treatment is going and during your conversation, confess you've been milking the snake a little too often and want to stop. Well, fear not. What do you mean? <laughs> Masturbating, Chris. Oh, okay. All right. It's go a, ahead. Okay. I Continue. mean, I'm pretty sure I made that joke in fourth grade. So Never heard that one. <laughs> well, fear not. <clears throat> the sand hosts a large... Ugh, God. That's <clears throat> what happens when you I record know. in fucking January, man. I know. It's I'm like, dry. It I sucks. Am, I am a desert in the <clears throat> yeah. back of my throat. <laughs> well, fear not. The sand hosts a large hospital and surgical win where Dr. John Kellogg himself will perform an anesthetic-free circumcision on you to keep your mind off tugging that rope. Already what? snipped, though? No problem. He can just surgically insert a stainless wire through your <gasps> dick so that puppy stays down all the time. Oh, no. And just like that, your days of getting off are long <sighs> gone. For the ladies of this area, era with similar issues, a simple drip of acid on the clitoris <gasps> would burn away any burning desire she may have. Oh, no. Now, that's healthy living. What the fuck? They, that's Come what, on. Yeah. Oh. They, they, they did that. All right. Oh, God. Okay, I can't even think of that shit. <laughs> I wonder what book I was reading where they talk about, well, now I can't even remember where it was, so I shouldn't even say, but the genital mutilation. It's mm-hmm. just like... Essentially, Part what they of some did. Cultures and it's oh, that's so fucked. It is fucked. How did the wire keep the dick down? It it pierced like sideways. I don't know. It didn't get into the detail, and I didn't want to look it up. I wasn't oh. going to Google like wire dick surgery. John Kellogg. Whatever. Use DuckDuckGo. I'll do it when we're done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can look up hunting people after. <laughs> All right. 
Though John Kellogg was pretty misguided in his practices of health and fitness, he genuinely did want to uh, did want people to live a clean, healthy life. Going off what little was known at the time, he made the best decisions he could in getting people in shape. Some of his tactics involving keeping clean, actual exercise, having good posture, eating fresh foods, drinking plenty of water, healthy guts, and getting outside still hold up to this day. But some of the avenues he took to get people fit was a little bonkers to say the least. So, next time you're bitching about that spare tire hanging off your gut, be grateful that the options you have to get rid of it today don't consist of getting 15 quarts of yogurt jammed up your ass by a racist doctor right after riding a mechanical horse for two hours. The end. Fantastic. You know, you really know the way to my heart is through a story with poop in it. I know. Like, that, I, from the get-go, that just melted your brain. Yes, it did. Uh-huh. How do you get to my heart? Through my butt. Through, through my, my butt. butt. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I uh, Maybe it was Drunk History that I was watching, because wasn't it, wasn't, didn't the one brother, like, he was kind of a shady fuck? Well, it sounds like they're both shady fuckers. All but, right. But, so... Will was the business-minded one. John yeah. was the uh, the wacky doctor one. John had all sorts of good ideas and never really wanted to capitalize on them and wasn't really good with managing the money. Will saw an Will was, yeah. And then they got in a huge fight about the ownership of the word, the name Kellogg, who owned the cereal company. Um, actually, that brings me to the book I read to get most of my information, which was... The Kellogg's, the Battling Brothers of Battle Creek. That which, even looks like a Kellogg's box. Which was fucking awesome. That's what you said. It was, it was a fucking great book. This book was awesome. I highly recommend it. It was written by Howard Markle. Um, if you want to learn more about, uh, you know, turn of the century serial tycoons and health tycoons, it's nuts. Like, they were good buddies with Henry Ford. Like, the Rockefeller, like, everyone, the who's who went to the sand. And this like, was what you said, 1903, when it was in the early In the early 1900s okay. is when it was starting to get popular. And is it that was, a library book? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, it was great. Uh, the, it really was a good good book. Like, I could have written a 5,000-word story about the whole story of the two brothers mm-hmm. and all the nuances and everything with it. But to keep with the fitness thing and John Kellogg's mission, I just did – his sanitarium and how you might have got in shape back in 1905. It's funny the pictures in there. There's people like you did all this stuff wearing a suit. You went out and exercised, right? Like I, yeah, how the like fuck do people wool do dresses that? and like full suits and I'm stuff? I'm wearing a cotton poly blend t-shirt right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sweating through my fucking pits. I showered yeah. an hour ago. Oh, you would have died get home back at, then. I wouldn't. Well, I probably would have died because I would have been poor. <laughs> And that's how that's how poor people stayed in shape. Mm-hmm. They just didn't eat. Yeah, yeah. And they were really constipated. Apparently, I still don't get that. I'm gonna look at they put. Mm, yeah. What I believe. Well, I don't know. Like I said, you drink a lot of booze, you get dehydrated. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna be spraying everywhere. Well, it also like uh, food prep and stuff like that. Uh, you know, long term storage of fruits and vegetables wasn't really that well when he was a kid in the 1800s. So he was forced to eat like just whatever meat they cooked up, um, you know, really hearty food sort of thing. So he, like John had bad guts as a kid. So that was kind of part of his quest of shitting four times a day and showing it to everyone. Huh. Yeah. Oh, dude was absent in his whole life too. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like got married, never consummated the marriage. Mm-hmm. Wow. Adopted a ton of kids. Did he, did he drink alcohol? No. Okay, so oh, no God, booze. No booze. No, no jacking off. No nicotine. No fucking. No caffeine. Nothing. Wow. Healthy living, water, exercise. What you know. a boring guy. No shit. Bland huh. ass food. Hmm. And it was, yeah. I highly recommend the book anyway. But it was a wild story. And if, you know, just reading that and how things were back then, we are so fucking spoiled. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> well aware of it. Oh, yeah. It's great. So, yeah, that was my story. I hope you enjoyed it. it I did enjoy it. Thank you usual. very much. That's you're, you're very welcome. Um, I'm glad that it was a little longer because I don't feel as bad. That's okay. Nine's actually, this is one of the sh- it's short, short. This is short for you. Yeah, it's, it ended up being longer than I thought it was going to be, but it's it's a lot shorter than the last one, and believe it or not, it's actually on point. <clears throat> oh, I'm going right. to see if I can get through it without coughing into I, the fucking microphone. Oh, it's I, hard. I'm telling you, my fucking body is reacting to being back in New York. Like, mm-hmm. I had clear Something skin. Something about the desert. Yeah, it's Man, great. Man, fucking felt good out there, like out west. Yeah. Get back. I'm covered in acne. Mm-hmm. I'm a greasy fucking shit. My eyes are doom black pits. <laughs> Just don't feel great. It sucks. Yeah, welcome to the cold, damp western New York. I'm sorry. This is a show about not complaining, and I'm complaining. Yeah. You'll I, be, you know be fine. I choose to be here. Yeah. So I shouldn't complain yeah that's anyway. a, if you if you feel better I'll, I'll i'll let that one slide can i try okay get my computer set up here all right you ready yeah. for another one let's hear it okay okay all right i'm glad that you you said your story's on point because after christmas too even i felt bad about uh not being uh you know on point with the stories no i made an effort actually <laughs> i'm gonna well you know what? i'll get into my source at the end here okay um but anyway, the title of this one is called a "Baby, It's a Card Outside." <laughs> Baby, it's cold outside. <clears throat> Baby, it's card outside. Okay, uh, <laughs> we'll get into why. So, some of our <laughs> some of our listeners may initially stumble over the strangeness of today's title, but I can assure you all that its appropriateness will dawn on you soon. And when it does, please, please keep in mind that I don't feel good about it. <clears throat> it's a shallow title. It's low hanging fruit. It's insensitive. Uh, but it is what it is. I sometimes wish that my mind didn't work the way that it does, but Canceled. here we are. Huh? Canceled. Oh, yeah. fuck them. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I can rein myself in, and sometimes I need to let go. I need to let my brain roam, free to offend whoever it wishes. That being said, today's story sees us finally traveling to a place often talked about on this show. Uh, some may even say mean-spiritedly harangued, though I would disagree. But regardless, grab your passport. Pack some extra socks. Leave any Taiwanese sympathies at home. This is the... (laughs) This was bound to happen eventually. Um, We're heading to China. All right. Are you ready? Time to crank up that social credit. Woo! All right. So, ah, China. In retrospect, yes. uh, Maybe I've singled her out a little more often than was necessary. Uh, But in my defense, more often than not, my ire has been aimed mostly at the Chinese-American pro wrestler John Cena. Mm -hmm. And though no doubt a stellar athlete and a specimen in peak physical condition that easily falls into this month's topic of fitness, a topic that I'm sure Corey is praying that I stick to, (laughs) he is is shockingly not today's focus. All right. Instead, we'll be taking a dip into the world of ultra-marathons and the staggering and very specific level of fitness required to not only compete, <clears throat> but even just to participate. 
The particular altar that we'll be focusing on today is a relatively new one. The Yellow River Stone Forest 100K. Specifically, last year's race of May, uh, or in May of 2021. Mm-hmm. This is a very recent story. Okay. Um, this is different for you. Yes, I, I went old and you went you went, or you went I, new. I'll get into why. Okay. But, uh, though those outside of the world of ultramarathons may have heard of this event by a different name entirely. And maybe you have, maybe you haven't. The Gansu Ultramarathon Disaster. No. No? Okay. So this will be new for you. All right. A couple of things right up top. Uh, as I no doubt mentioned at the start of the show somewhere, and it turns out I did, I myself ran for several years and found it to be an absolute joy. I truly loved it. I spent a fair amount of time in the middle of the pack on uh, trail races, half marathons, and even lurchingly finished a full marathon, uh, one that uh, one of the few accomplishments that I've ever been unashamedly proud of. Really was. Thank you. Very proud. Yes, yes. Uh, and I, I always had my eyes on an ultra. It hasn't happened yet, but I feel like I can understand the discipline and tremendous effort that goes into committing yourself to getting to that level physically. Uh, running's tough, but it's also super rewarding. The running community is vast and fantastically welcoming, but to be able to compete in marathons and even more so in ultras can sometimes be a lonely and very solitary endeavor. It's a monster time commitment, and you need to be okay with spending a lot of time in your own head. So it's not only physical fitness driving these athletes, but mental as well. And both are required, as today's tale will show us. There is a danger inherent in the ultra marathon. Not everyone makes it to the end. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, that was supposed to be kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. Foreboding. Exactly. All right. I was going to say doom, but that doesn't work. Yeah. Foreboding. So uh, now quickly I'll acknowledge that maybe not everybody knows exactly what an ultra marathon is. Technically... An ultramarathon is any distance that goes beyond the 26.2 miles that make a marathon a marathon. Mm-hmm. So you could run a 27-mile and be like, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really, a race of a distance of like 26.3 miles is technically an ultramarathon. No shit. Yeah. So, uh, But as with most sports, um, one-upmanship and the athlete's collective desire to test the limits of what a person can do have led to some beyond challenging, seemingly impossible, and downright dangerous races. Uh, everything from the Ultra Gobi, uh, the 400, 400K, ugh, 400K race across the Gobi Desert that takes days to complete. Uh, actually, the 2018 winner of which will show up again in today's story, mm-hmm. to the Jungle Ultra in Peru, ugh. a 142.6-mile beast that has runners carving a mostly downhill path through the Amazon, over the course of which competitors descend a jaw-dropping 10,500 feet. Fuck that. Or my personal favorite, the challenging but kind of silly-sounding Rocky 50K fat-ass run in Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's really called that? Yeah. Uh, Where runners follow the path of the Rocky II montage, dressed in the iconic gray sweatsuit and red headband, ending the race at the top of the uh, Philadelphia Museum of Art. Okay. Yeah. Pumping your fists. Yeah. 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 It's a fun-sounding run with a splash of danger as the entire race takes place in downtown Philadelphia traffic. They don't shut anything down for it. Uh, Side note, I hate spelling Philadelphia. I have a lot of trouble with it. F-I-L-L. A, D I P H I A Phil. It's a cocksucker to it is. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so but due to the ever increasing popularity of ultra marathons, the list of unique proving grounds around the world continues to grow. Add to that list the aforementioned uh Yellowstone or Yellow River Stone Forest one hundred K. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. 
first organized in 2017. Uh, the race is a prime example of a new ultra uh, catering to extreme athletes looking to prove themselves in extreme environments. Unfortunately, the Yellow River is also an equally good example of what happens when participants and organizers don't make safety a priority in a sport that, on a good day, mm -hmm. <clears throat> already pushes athletes to physical and mental extremes. In the case of the 2021 Yellow River Stone Forest 100K, an already unforgiving landscape would be turned into a hellscape when a freak storm that should have shut the race down was ignored. By the end of the day, <clears throat> not a single racer made it past the third checkpoint of nine. And of the 172 participants that started the race, 21 would lay dead. Wow. This was just months ago. Yeah. In China, right? Yes. Yeah, they, they kind of <coughs> caution to the wind, really, sort of just don't oh, really yeah, we'll care. Oh, yeah, get into it. Okay. Um, for the non-runner uh, and, and or any of our slack-jawed American listeners out there, Good be uh, me. <laughs> a 100-kilometer race comes out to 62 miles. The equivalent of running two full marathons and then running in another 10 miles on top of that. And from personal experience, running one full marathon on relatively flat ground is a fucking bear in and of itself. Yeah. A 62-mile run is a total mindfuck to me. And in this case, it's not just the distance that it's that's a killer. It's the, the terrain. Mm -hmm. uh, do yourself a favor and take a minute to look up some images that I'm sure do not do it justice um, of the Yellow River Stone Forest. It's gorgeous. <clears throat> it's otherworldly. It's the sort of place that, like, at least for people in our area, is a little unreal looking, mm -hmm. like a landscape that you can't really wrap your brain around. To just sit back and look at it from the edge must be inspiring. But to think of traversing it... With that thought in mind, the stone forest looks more like an open maw filled with thousands of rock teeth ready to swallow you up. It's fucking wild. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Um, so <clears throat> at 9 o'clock on the morning of May 22nd, 2021, the local mayor of the town of Bayin, and I'm going to try to pronounce these names correctly, and I bet I'm you're sure gonna, I won't. You're going to nail them, I'm sure. I, okay. got, I got faith <laughs> well, in you. Well, that's the first one. So, yeah, local mayor of the town. This is the closest town. Uh, Bayin. Bayin. Uh, Bayin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, pointed a starting pistol toward the sky and pulled the trigger. Shot One a bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Hang on. There we go. 172 runners lurched forward and began their descent down the road that led into the mouth of the stone forest. Toward the beginning of the race, at a bend in the road leading down into the valley, a sudden and powerful gust of wind buffeted runners, surprising the lot of them and sending racers stumbling. Hats and gear were blown off and sent skittering across the rocks. If this was the first warning to turn back, no one took it. As far as prep for weather went, mm -hmm. most of the runners competing that day looked to race organizers for guidance, naturally. Uh, and before the race began, <clears throat> the organizing committee warned participants to prepare against heat stroke and sunburn. And for the most part, they had little reason to question that. The Stone Forest is a desert and not far from the Gobi itself. In fact, the day before the race, temperatures had soared into the low 80s. And this is May. Yeah. But still, it's hot. It's hot, yeah. Racers attire on the morning of the 100K reflected this. Shorts and T-shirts. Uh, brimmed hats and sunglasses to ward off the sun, and really little else. Some runners brought thin jackets and pants with them, just in case. But for a race as brutal as this one, uh, most chose to travel light. 
A couple of hours before the start of the race, the temp was sitting at 50 degrees. And by the time the starting pistol was fired, runners were coasting down the first hill at a comfortable 60. By all accounts, at least on the ground, it was a perfect race day. Mm-hmm. Now, it'd be nice to say that what happens next was a complete surprise to all involved, but that's just not true. Yes, it had been downright cozy in the area around the Stone Forest for the past couple of days leading up to the race. But were one to travel west, it was a different story entirely. A cold front from fucking Siberia All right. had moved south and was looming over the western part of Gansu province. The result of which was near freezing temperatures in a desert area known for a crispy, dry heat. The cold front then began to shift southeast, directly toward the stone forest. Now, I know there's a lot of controversy around the uh, neutered state-run internet in China. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, Full transparency over there. <laughs> but yeah, well, exactly. With a lot of like information made purposefully unavailable to most mm-hmm. citizens. But they still get the fucking weather. Yeah. Like, like, give the weather. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, weather stations throughout the country had been warning the public for days about the risk of suddenly plummeting temperatures, high winds, rain, and perhaps even hail. Yeah. Excuse me. You're I okay. Have to clear my throat. I'm telling you, man. It is. dry as fuck. It's a desert in here. Woo! All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> even the race committee uh, was meeting the night... Oh, even as the race committee was meeting the night before the race, uh, warnings were issued of sustained winds in the area reaching 27 to 34 miles per hour and lasting for 24 hours. This and warnings of sudden and dangerous temperature drops. The warnings were ignored, and the next morning the race went on. As the pack thinned out and runners began to approach and then pass the second checkpoint, it was becoming obvious that the weather was taking a dark turn. The temperature was dropping at an alarming rate, the winds were only getting stronger, and a light rain had begun to fall, soaking through what little clothing racers had on. Yeah. Ugh. <clears throat> it cold, was a r- cold rain? It's fucking not, worse. It, it gets bad. Um, it was around the second checkpoint that the few runners who had brought extra layers began to put them on. Fifteen miles in, so that's about the second checkpoint, um, I'm going <laughs> to butcher this, uh, Yan Daijing? Dai Yang Daijing? I know him. It's a lady. I know her. <laughs> We're pals. So uh, Yan Daijing was in the middle of the pack when she reached the second checkpoint and decided to put on her thin jacket before continuing on. After a snack and a brief rest, she took off again, heading toward the third checkpoint, a five-mile, 2,900-foot climb that would reward runners with a brief respite at a checkpoint with no food and at an elevation of 7,200 feet. This is just Climbing one... a mountain, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Um, she'd never make it that far, and neither would anyone else. As runners passed Checkpoint 2 and began to climb, the full brunt of the storm hit its crux. Warm air from the desert valley that is the stone forest rose up <clears throat> to meet the polar vo- vortex that had planted itself between Checkpoints 2 and 3. Temperatures collapsed to near freezing, and at higher elevations, winds reached over 50 miles per hour. The rain became a thing possessed, no longer a steady drizzle, but a pummeling, heavy downpour, changing its sideways course minute to minute along with the winds. And then the hail started. Already soaked, freezing, and disoriented, racers were pelted by ice, often on bits of trail that were little more than wet, slippery rocks perilously close to sheer drop-offs. At this point, the race had devolved into chaos. Racers were everywhere lost, scared, and unsure of what to do. 
should they continue on to the next checkpoint and seek shelter Mm -hmm. or turn back for a near blind descent to checkpoint two. In the case of Yan Daixing, she decided to turn around. Her her and another runner by the nickname of Ke Li uh, happened to cross one another and teamed up to try and find shelter. Visibility was about 15 feet, and neither could say with any certainty where they were. The possibility of freezing to death was becoming very real. Further up the trail, things were even more dire. There's another one. What? I'm going to see if you can do them afterward. What, the names? Zang Z- <laughs> I'm trying not to be an asshole either. Like, I'm like, really into this story, and then, and then he just... <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, all right. Zhang Zhang Zai Tao Zhang Zai Tao. You could just be like Zhang for short. Zhang Zai Tao was near the head of the pack in fourth <laughs> place, chasing rival runner uh, Lang Jing. This, I, we're pretty much done with names. Yeah, I, I just uh, I just shorten them right up. So Lang Jing, who was the winner of the uh, 2018 Ultra Gobi that we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, if the situation was looking bleak further back on the trail, then for Zhang, it must have seemed utterly hopeless. The wind chill had dropped temperatures into the low teens. Oof. And let's try to remember that most of these folks were in little more than wet shorts and T-shirts. Yeah. So that's below, way below zero of Celsius. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's very cold. Uh, Zhang was freezing and nearly blind from the rain. He'd stumbled across some fellow runners and tried keeping them on the trail by wrapping himself around one of them to keep him warm and on the right track. But the trail proved too narrow for two people and they were separated. Then they lost each other entirely. Zhang began to stumble and fall. He couldn't keep himself upright, and he fell over and over again. Eventually, he couldn't get back up. Wrapped himself in an emergency blanket, and he lost consciousness. Ugh. Further back, closer to checkpoint two, Yan and Ke Li were on the verge of giving up when they stumbled across a cave. <clears throat> and at the front of the cave stood, stood this is an easy one, Zhu Keming, mm-hmm. a local shepherd. He beckoned them inside and wrapped them in blankets, then started a fire. Another runner had already been saved by Zhu and was wrapped, shivering, in the back of the cave. Close to an hour later, two more runners found the cave and collapsed near the fire. They told Zhu that runners were scattered everywhere, and that an alarming amount of them were on the ground, exposed and unmoving. On hearing this, Zhu, who's a fucking hero, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, left the cave and disappeared into the storm. After some time, Zhu returned, and he carried somebody back with him, and it was Zhang. Zhu had found four bodies scattered on the ground <clears throat> during his desperate search. Zhang was the only one who was still alive. Oh, wow. Barely at that. Yan, who was a nurse, had Zhang stripped and laid near, but not too near the fire. Mm-hmm. Zhang lay on the ground shaking, mumbling over and over that he was in fourth place and wanted to continue the race. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's a little much. It was interesting. Well, I'll get into like him talking about was his, it. Was his family in a prison and the, the government was making him run? No, he said he had like in his head, he had no idea that it was that bad. He didn't know he was in the cave. Like oh in his God. head, he oh, thought he, he was, was still up. running. Oh, oh wow, yeah. Wow. He was real fucked up. Um, but yeah. So eventually Zhang began to move again and managed to begin to eat with the others. The pack of survivors held up in the cave until the storm finally passed. And around 5 o'clock, Zhu and some local villagers helped the survivors back down to the valley along a goat path. None of the GPS distress signals, because a lot of them had them, Mm -hmm. um, that were sent out from Lost Racers, none of them had been responded to. 
Wow. Yes. And initial rescues came almost entirely from the brave and selfless villagers in the surrounding area who had gotten word just from people, you know, traveling back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Zoo saw his charges back safely back down from the cliffs, but not everyone was so lucky. Eventually, emergency services began to comb the course for survivors. It turned out that most of the runners had turned around and dropped out at the start of the storm. And those that had continued on tried desperately to find shelter. And some did, as Zoo's cave dwelling wasn't the only that racers came across. Yeah. They knew that there were caves in the area. Um, but 21 people stayed lost and exposed. They died of hypothermia, cold, and alone. And among them, Lang, <laughs> Lang Jing, who Zhang had been chasing for the win as the storm hit. And you got to look at a picture of this guy mm-hmm. at the start of the race. Like peak physical condition mm-hmm. like this is a young guy yeah fucking dead Jeez. what's so frustrating about all this is how preventable it was i'm sure like all the warnings organizers and racers had before the starting pistol even went off mm-hmm. and it's made doubly so because kind of mentioned uh because this happened in china so finding dependable information can be tough yeah uh so who's to blame for this tragedy can be a little hazy uh, as the top priority for Chinese officials is more often than not to paint a pretty picture for us Westerners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about optics. Well, yeah. But looking beyond blame, I think we can all admire the racers, the locals, and the people like Zhu, who without a second thought risked their own lives to help people in desperate need just because they felt they had to. And that's like, that's not, that's just a small snippet of the story. That's it wild. was. <clears throat> That's like it, it, it could have been totally avoided. Yes, one hundred percent. Uh huh. Completely unnecessary. Like, hey, we need to cancel it for a day. Yes, that's it. Yep. Was there now? Was there foreign racers? There? Um, I'm not actually sure. Most of like the images that I found were mm-hmm. like Chinese. I mean, I'm, Chinese. I'm willing to bet with COVID and stuff still going on, it probably I'd was just that, Chinese. Yeah, because they actually so they started in 2017. I think they they skipped the 2021 because mm-hmm. Yan, uh, she had some health shit. Got into running and like it changed her fucking life. And she was trying to do it in 2020, got canceled. So everybody's super amped for the 2021 one. Yeah. But like this had never happened before. Like they just know that you, you just, you're going to get warm. That's all there's to it. But yeah. there were a ton of warnings. And yeah. there's speculation as to whether or not like ev- how much people knew. Mm-hmm. But race organizers definitely knew. They had to have. Well, see, like, why you watch the weather? Like, that, you've gone and done a bunch of races. Have you ever had them cancel or almost cancel because of weather or something else outside factors? I mean, it's always a risk. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you – but then we did, like, cold weather runs and shit. I think we did one that was, like, five below or something. Jesus. But we you dress appropriately. Yeah, you're yeah. Prepared you know for what you're getting into. But if into. there's a risk, then you, you cancel it. I just, yeah. it just It's just so irritating. But, yeah, it's 21 young people – that are that died for because this was poorly organized. Wow! And then like I read some articles, like newspaper articles, and I want to give credit to uh, Runners World. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the fuck to do for the show today because like <laughs> I've just been gone, and so I've opened up a newer issue, and sure as shit. So like the uh, the more personal stories in here, like Yan and Zhang and mm-hmm. all that, uh, that came from Runners World. But like there's there's some articles I've read. Try to watch videos. I can't find anything that's more than two minutes long, and like it's not translated from Chinese. Oh, so they're very much 
trying to control the narrative. This was a big embarrassment for China when it happened. What? Oh, I know. They don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I, I think our show is actually pretty well uh, received over there. I want to make it clear. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee we are not being played in Probably China. not. <laughs> but if you're a Chinese person who's outside of China listening to the show, let me, I don't feel like I have to make this clear, but I'm going to. I have no issue with Chinese people. <laughs> At all. Zero. We have an issue with anybody. It's, it's a joke. It's yes. Part of our show is a little bit of comedy. John Cena on the other hand. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're going to meet him someday. I I'm going to be wait. so embarrassed. Uh-huh. But, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's my story. Um, if anybody's interested in reading more about this, uh, yeah, Runner's World had a much better put-together version of it. Uh, um, that's and, uh, nuts. It's, it's that quite sucks. a story, yeah. Yep. That Yeah, that was... Yeah, like we were talking about when we research a more modern story, it's just like, how did that happen? Like, that shouldn't have happened. No. You know, it's really disheartening when that shit happens in modern times. Modern or not, though. I, I mean, mean I could stuff see, like that happens. I could see John Kellogg throwing something together like that. <laughs> he probably didn't like the Chinese. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, toward the end. Well, especially toward the end of his life because it was right when World War II was kicking off, so. Uh, Japanese were pretty unpopular at the time. But we were allies of the Chinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But. <laughs> uh, 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 no, good good story. I mean, horrible outcome, but man, wow, that's fucking nuts. So don't take up running, anybody. Or you're going to yeah. freeze to death you're in China. Freeze to death in China. Uh, uh, um, no, that's all I got there. And... Uh, I think that's the most on point mm-hmm. I have ever I am very, been. very pleased. Yes. And very proud. Like the subjects involved, I tried to keep it short. Uh yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> Man, I'm so I'm impressed. Sorry. I'm so impressed. We're still running over. I mean the show's still going uh, pretty good, so <clears throat> um I think that's it. Uh I don't really have anything else uh, outside of if you enjoyed it, you know, check out other episodes and tell your friends about it uh instagram at ts podcast official and leave reviews on spotify and apple please and thank you and make sure you tune in are we doing a subserve next we week are. or the following two week? weeks two weeks yeah make sure you tune in oh ideally i don't i don't like to give a guarantee oh i got some shit in my head mm-hmm. yeah For- i've been i have been like i told you like being out west and stuff and uh-huh. like going to like we didn't do much in sedona besides go to the shops so like yeah. the red rocks it's all the spiritual stuff yeah yeah and i'm like reading from hell it's where i got reading. dehydrated yeah <laughs> sedona it's sucked. easy to do yeah it is but i'm like reading like a lot of weird magical thinking shit lately mm-hmm. so i've got some fun stuff awesome I'm really excited oh, for is this... that i've been saving for soft serve is this you wow. moving into a new theme getting into mystical and stone magic it's a and... possibility all right yeah i don't know about well where did yeah. i put that fucking rock see oh your your stolen federal property hey listen man there is <laughs> there is some there is some uh some some guests at the the wedding other stayed out there that mm-hmm. uh just a few of them that are in the habit of in the habit of Oh, let's say indefinitely borrowing small items when on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bunch of crooks. Well, they call them artifacts. And for some reason, uh, it made me laugh so fucking much. So I got home. I got this rock. Uh-huh. I stole three pencils, two coasters. Uh, That's how it starts. And then Next I, thing you know, 
You got a fucking ski mask on. You're walking into Unimart, the sawed-off shotgun, demanding a carton of Newports and all the money in the drawer. No, I Just mean, think I, of that a year from now when I see your mug right on the front page of the paper. I've done that before it, I was a kid, and that's what Mom and Dad had me do on that crack. Uh-huh. You think of those three pencils in your pocket that don't belong to you. No, I don't think that's going to get – I don't think it's possible. Because, <laughs> like, I almost stole a fork at a restaurant. Uh-huh. I felt bad about it. So yeah. I just took a rock it's something some you pencils. do when you're 12. Well, do you want one of the pencils? <laughs> no, I don't want a pencil. All right. But yeah, I will talk to everybody here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Super fucking pumped, especially because yes. I thought we were going to do it next week, and I was terrified to get it done. But no, since Corey, no, we got since, a little time. Since my producer just told me that it's in two weeks, I got plenty of time to work on it. Got a little time, so we try to leave a little window with all that's going on in the world. So you thought you had the coof, didn't you? Or yeah. you might have, yeah. No, I got tested a few yeah. times. All good. They don't fucking work anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> not, this is not that kind I'm of show. Over it. I'm not getting into it. Listen, I'm telling you, global conspiracy. Oh, Jesus Here fucking we go. Christ. I know. Nobody <laughs> wants the goddamn work anymore. Oh, yeah. Yep. You start getting into eugenics, I'm done with the show. <laughs> if all these races and ethnicities were split up. Hey, speaking of eugenics, real quick call out to you. If anybody listens to the show. <laughs> I got a shout out to my eugenics pal. If anybody listens to the show from Team Meat, where the fuck's that eugenics game you guys have been working on for 10 fucking years? Have you ever seen that? Never even heard of These it. These guys did Super Meat Boy. They did a game called Eugenics oh, yeah, where you yeah. breed perfect cats. Oh, my God. I'm still waiting on it. Uh, probably, yeah. that's That could be a little taboo in modern times doing that game. Someone, well, that might be why they're not even Yeah, it might out. be a little offensive to some. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll hopefully in a couple weeks give you a oh, soft serve. definitely. 100%. Don't guarantee Corey anything. says that we'll be back in two weeks and everybody uh, gets venison. No. No. You can't get <laughs> God damn it. The show's falling apart. End it. All right. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye for now. Bye.